calling all hardscapers, landscapers, and outdoor living pros. This is your host, Joshua Gillow. I am so excited to announce our first ever six-day immersive hands-on outdoor living design build event in New Holland, Pennsylvania. Over the course of a week, Yes Express, Souders Hardscape Supply, and Pave Tool Innovators are going to teach you how to become downright dangerous in sales, design, installation, and equipment slash tool operation. Expert teachers will cover the installation of custom features like permeable pavers, fireplaces, stone decks, custom outdoor kitchens, water features, putting greens, and so, so much more. This event was designed specifically for growth-minded business owners and teams who want to get their hands dirty and learn from the best so they can take their businesses to new, unimaginable levels. So mark your calendar from February 20th to the 25th. Seating is limited. You can get your tickets today at OutdoorLivingMastery.com. Again, OutdoorLivingMastery.com. Oh, did I mention that we're raffling off over $20,000 in specialty tools and other profit-driving goodies at this event? You're not going to want to miss it. Let's make 2023 the most profitable year ever. Now back to the show. Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, I hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we're passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow, and through my 25 years of dirt under the nails experience, I look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow. And today we have somebody coming back on the podcast that was on before. And he's just such an incredible human being. He's the founder of Green Marketing. He's a leader and a hustler who has built his uh, marketing agency into over a half million dollars in revenue from his bed. Uh, he's an incredible man who helps so many. And I'd like to welcome back to the show here, Aiden Silvers. What's going on, Aiden? Thank you, Josh. Appreciate it. Uh yeah, I had a really good time on our, our first podcast. I enjoy our, our dialogues and uh, we share a lot of the same values and whatnot, right? So, um, yeah, we have a, a lot of great new things happening with our, our business this year and some partnerships. And uh, this is really going to be the year that I think we take it to that next level. I love it, dude. I love your grit. I love your determination. I love your everything about you, brother. You're just awesome. And that's why I wanted to have you back on. Um, but before we get into exactly what we talk about, I want to help, you know, with the conversations for you talking about what you're seeing in the marketing uh, environment for 2023 post COVID, what we should be investing in, what should we be focusing on, how to make sure we're getting those great clients that are going to pay us what we're worth. That's my main focus. But before we get into any of that, I have a question for you. Please. How was it meeting Gary V? <laughs> um, it is a memory that I will forever remember. Um, I've chatted with him a little bit. I've been on one of his, uh, you know, podcasts as a guest, like a Q and a participant. Um, so we knew each other a little bit prior, but in December, uh, last December, I went to an, an event in Miami that was like an art basil, um, event of his, and I have, uh, access, like exclusive access. Um, and we were able to sit down with each other for like 15 minutes. Uh, and I was able to, to pour out some really 
like personal um emotional things about you know what he's been to me and my my youth and my upbringing and um was able to share that with him it was a very emotional time and he gave me a kiss on the cheek and said that he loved me and was proud of me uh and that's that's like amazing right yeah such a down-to-earth humble dude i love like realest person you'll ever meet it's so good so good so um was it everything you expected it to be? I know sometimes we can kind of get these ideas of how these people are. And I know you mentioned humble and a lot, but you know, did you plan ahead what you wanted to ask him or did you just let it happen or how did that work for you? Uh, I really didn't expect to even um, chat with him, honestly. Uh, it, you know, it's an open event or not open, but it's about 200 people there. He did a presentation. Um, he asked, yeah. to, you know, there's Q and A involved. And I asked him to help me with the, uh, uh, they were doing like a project mm-hmm. during the event, um, actually like uh, doodling or sketching some art because it's an art based all right. And so I was like, Gary, I can't draw myself. Can you help me do it? Uh, so he said, yeah. So he sat down next to me and he helped me uh, draw. I don't know if you can see it, the glare mm-hmm. but on the desk uh, to my, my nice. right, that little paper frame. Uh, he helped me draw that character. And during that is when we had our 15 minute chat. So I had no expectations of like really saying much to him. Um, It was just on a whim and it just felt natural and, uh, and, and right. You know, me and him were very, Mm -hmm. I like to think me and him think very similarly. Um, So it's just smooth. Right. Obviously there's butterflies and all that, like anxiety meeting someone that you look up to and, and uh i don't want to say idolize right i don't think it's good to idolize anyone but kind of vibe with at a high level so it was definitely that um but it you know he sat down next to me most still guy ever like it, it just made it so easy honestly so good and then you just shared with me before we hit uh record here what's happening next with him it sounds like you got some big stuff coming up in a couple of days tell us about that yeah so january 23rd from 3.10 in the afternoon to 3.20, 10 minutes, he's going to be coming on our podcast to discuss marketing for lawn landscape companies. Uh, so I was able to, I just asked him, I was like, hey, um, I asked him a while ago, back in 2023, maybe six months ago, I was like, hey, um, would you come on my podcast and talk about marketing? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm open in 2023. I uh, that, so I, I reached out to him and booked it. Yep, just yep. a serendipity of the world. You know? you know, it's that's really powerful, and it shows you just how good of a human being he is. I know he's been such an influence in so many people's lives, and to see how much the the how social media can be such a benefit and a good thing. You know, oftentimes social media is is being mm-hmm. categorized as a bad thing. It's addictive. It makes you horrible. It makes humans horrible. Well, just like anything, you can find the good or the bad in anything, right? So I'm just glad that he has the ability with this kind of a platform in order to help impact lives. Like you've said to me many times about how, you know, important he's been in your life and on your journey. It's just so nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, hopefully I can, can do something in comparison to that one day for people at a a level like that. Right. Um, That's definitely a, a goal of mine and objective is to, to bring value at scale through obviously marketing guidance and, and whatnot, but it is important. Like it all comes down to your inner, your inner game, your personal development, yeah. like you, right. As a, a business operator. And that's really where 
it's important to tap into and to help people navigate that, right? And I know you understand that, especially teaching a lot of things like sales and and whatnot and how to approach, you know, outdoor building and the whole concept of like what you're actually doing here. And if you don't understand yourself and what drives you and, and whatnot, then it's hard to do any business, right? You don't have a clear, you don't have any clarity. That's how I think anyways. Well, you're absolutely right, dude. So many people say that, they, you know, business owners are like, you know what, I'll be happy when I'll be happy when I have the, the big project or all this money or this fame or this, whatever the big, you know, fill in the blank. And the crazy part is when they get it, they're not any happier. Or they might be for a couple of minutes or days, but then it goes yeah. right back into the same achiever syndrome, right? And it's going right back out looking for more stuff. And I had a deep conversation with my coach. Um, I've been blessed to have a coach for many years and I've had, you know, coaches most of my career and that's what's helped me grow so fast. But anyway, um, and he, he asked, you know, I have, uh, sometimes we'll call it the achievers curse, you know, starting companies and growing and all that stuff and constantly achieving. And he said, he shared a story with me about Alexander the great. And he said, you know, did you ever hear the, uh, the story of Alexander the great? I said, well, yeah, he conquered the known world back in his day. And he said, yeah, do you know what happened after he conquered the known world? And I said, no. Yeah. He went into depression, ended up with syphilis and died. So he had no plan, like after plan. He achieved, he did more than any human had done at the time, and then he died. And he didn't die, you know, in a death that was actually, you know, uh, commendable or anything like that. He went right into depression and all that stuff. That's the part of the human condition. If you're only out there trying to achieve constantly and you're not filling your bucket, your fulfillment bucket, and you're not managing that, and you're always going for the next shiny object, which is what I was in the same line doing, it's a very, very dark future. And so it's a matter of through growth, building companies, all that kind of stuff, or a company, it's knowing what you're really doing. It's your bigger mission. And why are you really doing it? Is it just for that next project? Because in our world, you know, it's so often that we'll go from a project to project, like, oh, I just locked this $20,000 project down. I just locked this $50,000 project down. And the excitement comes. And then as soon as a couple minutes or hours or days later, you're like, oh, crap, I'm not going to build this thing. And then all of a sudden it, it kind of disappears. And next thing you know, you're kind of chasing the next object for that adrenaline high and for that, uh, that dopamine hit. And, you know, it's just constant thing. So the question would be to be able to look at your life, stand back a little further and say, are you running through this Alexander the Great thing where you're always trying to conquer things with no real clear mission of why and what it means when you finally reach your, your goal? What happens then? I think that we all are, are going through life trying to fill a void everyone I, I just think as humans we have a void internally that we're trying to fill and we seek that out through things like addiction or or quote-unquote passions or or money or whatever it may be power right all these different things to fill the void and the way we think of it is like okay i need to obtain this end result and that will fill the void and what ends up happening is they obtain the end result and it doesn't fill the void and it also leads to comfort because the end result usually is something in regards to, you know, wealth and more freedom or whatever. Now you're comfortable. And now it's like two times worse because you don't have a target to hit and you still have that void, right? So now it's just like doubled on. Um, and it, it all has to come from internally to fill the void. And filling the void for me is the 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 process and the journey of striving not the actual end result right it's 
everything in the middle of what's happening. Like there's not a vision board on my wall with like a Lamborghini and a mansion and a pool. It's all these different things that I want to bring to the world throughout the process. Right. And that is something that's never going to end. And I get asked uh, a question every once in a while. That's like, Hey, you know, what do you want to do? You want to retire one day? You want to sell? And I just know I can never do that because it might be great for a month or two, but eventually like there's nothing filling my void anymore. There's no purpose. There's no fulfillment. And that would just lead me to be Alexander the, the great, right? There's, there's nothing going on. Um, so I don't think I'll ever retire. I'll always be doing something, obviously, you know, family and life balancing is very important, but I don't think there'll ever be a day when I'm just like, yeah, I'm just not build things. Yeah. I don't think that's in me. No, I love that. Cause you're, you're exactly right. It's been, you know, my experience and my journey as well is if there's not something, if you're not growing as a human being in some way, and you mentioned something, you nailed it when it came to the, it's the journey, right? It's, it's that it's the becoming that we're really after. It's not necessarily that end result. There's more fulfillment in becoming more than you were yesterday than there is achieving the goal. And that's the part that accumulates over and over and over again. And, and you start becoming the person that can go from running a half million dollar company to a million dollar company, but you're not going to do that unless you become that person that can run a million dollar company. That's, that is where the work is. People think they're just going to start a company and the, the business is going to grow and they're going to be, you know, just own this business when they have a $200,000 mentality and, and personal development line, you know, of how much they've invested in themselves and all that, like 200,000, just life. And they want to run a million dollar company that Delta it, nature won't allow. And if, if it does, it's for a very short amount of time before it crashes, because you got to be growing faster than your business personally. If you're not growing personally faster than your business, your business is going to eat you alive. Have you found that to be true? Yeah. I think you get stuck and trapped. Um, more importantly, my, my kind of outlook, and this isn't for everyone. And there's numbers of wildly successful people that, that do this, but, uh, I see endless amounts of like goals being monetary, right? Like, oh, we're going to be seven figures. We want to grow by 200% this year. We want to whatever. And again, I just feel like the goal should, should be something that is continuous. And if you're just, yeah. uh, putting a target on this arbitrary number that really has no meaning, like, what does that really change for you? Right? Like what, what's the difference between a million and 900,000 or even 600,000, right? Like, what is that? Like maybe another vacation for you on a year? Like do you get to step out of the business and be, have more time with your family? That's really what we're, we're talking about when we're thinking of goals and, and objectives is like, we think that the million dollar mark will do these things for us, but it won't. And we only think that because we haven't discovered enough, uh, enough in the, I guess, perspective, right? You, you have to look at other business owners and see what they're doing. Everyone is chasing the same thing. And for me, I joined like a mastermind agency peer group. And I gained so much perspective that I realized, okay, it's not about chasing a number. It's about chasing these important kind of milestones along the way. Right. And those are what you should be aiming for. And when you're aiming for those, you're, you're able to build yeah. better because now you have a clearer target, yep. more clarity instead of like, oh, I just need a million. Right. There's a million ways to add a million. 
right? But there's only a few ways to get to the granular mm-hmm. level of I want to spend um, three times as much time with my family in a year. Like, how do you do that? There's a, a lot more you need to do, right? You need to put the right people in place. You need to train them. You need to have managers. You need to have procedures. You need to have tools, monitoring and reports. There's a lot involved in that, right? And we could easily be over a million today if I wanted to. I can sell all day, every day. And it's not difficult, but the fulfillment and doing all that right at a high quality level yeah. is difficult. It's really tough. Right, you break things quick, so you gotta get your priorities in check and make sure the goals that you're actually after are the goals that you actually want. That whole saying, like careful what you wish for, right, is very true. I couldn't agree more. Oftentimes, you know, money is used as a kind of a uh, a notch in the belt or a post, you know, a notch in a post to say this is where I want to go, but it's not necessarily the money that they want. You know, out there, I know I was after that too, just struggling to get to the million dollar line when I was younger you know, in sales a year and, and getting to that point, I thought once that happened, then everything is going to like, you go through this glass ceiling and all of a sudden you're, you're on top of the mountain looking out and everything is simple. And you realize that once I hit that line, I realized that I had to become somebody different in order to keep growing. Cause I had done everything I possibly knew how to do to get there. And there's no way I grow past that line until I actually get the personal training that I needed to, to figure out me and figure out what held me back, my biggest demons, my biggest fears, all of that stuff. You know, I was just in, in my uh, inner circle group where we have, you know, contractors come in and we talk about making the transition between design build and design manage, whether they want to incorporate some or all of their business into that model. I made that transition 12, 12 years ago from design build to design manage. And, you know, it's, uh, I love the design manage model. I think it gives us a lot more flexibility and a lot more safer business structure. Personally, that's how I see it. Um, so we help people around the country figure out how to do that, whether it's a 5% switch or whether it's a hundred percent switch is up to them. But the point is that we get together and talk and, and, you know, there's a lot of fun conversations that come up in that realm. There's a lot of interesting ways to look at that and whether that's the right thing or not. And, you know, when it, when it comes to numbers, it's only about, I mean, we just had this conversation there. It's your value and what you charge for things is all based on what you think you're worth. You know, and if you, if you think that you're worth less, you're going to then charge less. And then you wonder why you struggle with money. And if you think you're worth too much, well, the universe tells you, yeah, not quite, you know, and the market bounces you right back. So it is understanding truly what you're worth inside before you're, you're willing to go out and just say, Hey, will you accept this number? And I know it sounds kind of goofy, but that's, there's so much of this no, that's, is, is internal. That's the majority, right? Like, yeah. I, I think it's a very good topic and, and point because if you don't understand your own value, you don't have any way to measure how good you are, right? And so to your point of like, oh, you need to understand your value, that way you can charge enough, right? There's people out there that are not as good as they might think they are, but that's such a a hindrance because they think they're a a, a nine out of 10, and really they're a five out of 10. There's so much more room for growth there but they don't have the humility to accept that. Therefore, they'll never never be able to charge those higher prices because their work isn't worth it, right? Like you have to be good at what you, what you do. Otherwise, that's gonna come out yeah. quick and it's just not gonna be a, a sustainable offering, right? And so it's important to acknowledge what your worth is on both sides of the spectrum yep. because you're either way better than what you're charging or you're way worse than what you're charging. 
And I think both of them are, are equally as important. Yeah. Knowing where you fall in that, in that, uh, area is going to be very important in how you can eventually charge. You know, that's a beautiful thing about a free market is that it, it self-corrects, you know, and if, if you, market, it's a market. yeah. So if you suck at what you do, eventually the market kicks you off. And if you, you know, price and, and your value don't line up, it kicks you off. And if the price on the other side and you're charging too little, you'll be way too busy. And then you, you will drive yourself nuts and not make any money. So it's really a matter of knowing your numbers and doing your, your budgeting ahead of time so that you get a sense of where you got to be and what you need to make so that you don't have to worry about that in the future. But, uh, you know, and to me, that's exciting, right? Yeah. Because it, it lets me know like, okay, I'm capped at this price right now. I'm clearly not offering something that is worth more. So I need to better that and I can better that. And here's how you do it. Right. If you're, if you're just kind of lost and you don't understand the concept of this, then pricing and quoting and all that is just a nightmare. And you're also not able to do it with confidence. Right. It's, it's a, it's a, a weak kind of, uh, uh, there's no level of, Hey, I'm the expert. I can do this for X, Y, and Z. It's more of like a, a wimpish, like approach. Of, well, I can maybe do it for this. Right. Like if you're firm and you know, down to the T what you can offer based on the, the price and outline everything it just looks like you've done this 100%. hundreds of times and that gives comfort to the the buyer right um and you should have done it hundreds of times to be confident right you shouldn't just go in there on your first sale and be like oh i'm the best around right you have to have the humility in order to continue to grow and become the best and again back to gary b like that dude's so humble and and human and that's why he is one of the most dominant probably the largest marketing agency in the world because he knows he's nothing special and there the sky's the limit and there's endless amounts of room to to build and improve. Right? Like who who are you to claim that you're at the peak? Yeah. Right? There's um there's always more. <laughs> no, it's it, it definitely could be. And you know, the the interesting part about, you know, this in, in value is if you want to get more for your services, you can't just jack the price. I mean, you could just jack the price up for you know, mediocre service and try to get a higher price. And you might be successful for a while, but the way you, you get more is by offering more of the things that your clients truly want. And, and most of the time, that's not a physical thing that costs you more money. It's a better experience for the client, right? When people are hiring contractors, you know, they already have a gut feeling of how horrible it's going to be. Like, oh my God, we got to get something fixed. We got a bunch of idiots. They're like a bunch of of uneducated people that come out they don't show up on yeah. time they always lie they're smokers or like that whatever like fill in the blank they have this this very negative connotation of what contractors are and we know that there are some out there like that and that's fine i'm not here to judge that i'm simply here to say that that's what the expectation of your clients is when you use those words so you know when you show up as somebody who isn't that you know, you have a, a polo shirt on with your name on it and you have, uh, you know, your truck is clean and you show up on time and you, you know, you're very respectful and you listen. All of that stuff adds to value. There's a higher probability they're going to pick you over the other guy who just kind of shows up late is still just came off a job site tracking mud into their house 
and is really short and not short by height, but I mean short with them and not listening, but just dictating what they want. <laughs> like there's, there's automatically a value difference there for the client and people that some of the clients that are just focused on the cheapest for something, well, they're not going to carry the way, but you don't want those clients. The ones that are really willing to pay you what you're worth, they expect a certain level of professionalism. So if you want to up your value right away without buying anything, you know, or spending tons of money to try to market it that way, it's just show up better show up more confident by working on yourself, show up clean, show up on time, listen. Those things are all free. I think really what that is, is, is consciously setting the tone of, of how this is going to progress or not progress, right? And there's a lot that, that unconsciously do this and that leads to it being a negative experience with all those things that you mentioned because there's no real focus on, on setting the tone. But if you go in with a mindset of like, I'm going to dictate how this experience goes for them. And it's going to be yeah. the, the best that I can do, right? Like if you have good intentions, then that's going to be a very powerful uh, advantage for you. And also that helps you um, qualify better too, because it's like you're either going to fall into our customer avatar of what we're looking for, or you're not. Like it's one of those two. Right. And I'm here to set the tone of our level of professionalism, who we are, what we can do, our expertise. And I want to show you our expectations and some, some pricing and cost and financing and all that. Right. And that just positions you as the yep. expert. And it also makes you look uh, less desperate too. And when you're less desperate, there's always this sense of like, why, mm. why is he not begging for my, my job? Right. Uh, you, because you're, you're busy, you do good work, you're, you're tight schedule. Like these are indicators of success. And when someone sees those indicators, they just feel more comfortable with you because obviously you're doing something right. Huh? Uh, and really quick, I just noticed, I think you have the same oh, nice. shelves on your wall <laughs> as I do. It's a good possibility. They're good shelves. <laughs> <laughs> they are they are indeed. yeah i mean you're absolutely right you know when, when you think about the client and put their experience as number one and you think about what objections they may have in their mind or what um, negative things are bringing into the meeting from you know previous experiences in life and you can solve those for them quickly without even letting them know you are the next thing you know you're actually in a position where uh, you can elicit a bigger, better experience for them. And then that is, there's a value in that. Again, some people that are just about the lowest price, they're not your clients anyway. You don't want them. You want people that are focused on value. And that's when you'll actually get paid with your work. I think this goes into uh, our earlier topic of like, what are your goals? And if you're just in this to kind of make money, then all this stuff we're talking about right now is like hard to understand, right? But when you're in it to actually have a really good experience in order to get, you know, we, we yeah. hear word of mouth all day and night. Like you want really good word of mouth. You're going to do the things that we're talking about right now. You're not just going to show up and do your job and leave. Yep. And if you like word of mouth so much and you're going to do what you can to maximize that. Um, and, and yeah, I think it really does boil down to your intent of what you want this business to do. And there's nothing wrong if you just want to make some money. Right. But you're not going to, you're likely not going to get to the levels that yeah. you're dreaming of with that kind of mindset. The, the, the mass majority exactly, don't. Yeah. I mean, it's just a rat race, right? Yep. Or they're all chasing the same thing. And at that point, it's just a, it a is, lottery. You know, that's, that's the thing. And then they get frustrated. I mean, I'm, I say this because I used to be that guy. 
right? And, and I used to just focus on the transactions and just say, okay, we just need to build up this many transactions to get to this number and just focus on it like that. And what what was what happened is my focus for the client, my um, my want to help and serve, it goes down when you start focusing just on the numbers, right? If you flip that and focus mostly on the helping and the serving side and the numbers become a byproduct of how well do you do those other two things, now all of a sudden you are kind of illegally your own because most others don't know that. And it's the simplest way to increase value without increasing expenses. That's a really great way to summarize it. Um, it, it it's yeah. difficult as you continue to scale and get bigger. Right. That's why I personally, like, I, I just feel like you have to slow down a little bit. Otherwise, you're going to get to a point of no return. And the experience and the, the process and the journey just becomes something that you didn't really want. It's very difficult to to change that when you're right in the middle of it. Uh, and again, us, like we could have easily grown to astounding heights of, of monetary volu volume. Uh, but I just know if I was to do that and unleash the, the, the beast, then everything else would crumble around that. So it's like a steady, consistent, um, mm -hmm. uh, chart of progress. If you do too much, you're just going to crumble too quick. 100%. Yeah, you just, you go at it way too hard. Now, I'd like to shift gears here for mm -hmm. a minute and uh, actually more from the minute um, why we still have some time in the podcast. One of the big reasons why I wanted to talk to bring you on a podcast today was because I wanted to talk about your experience with Gary Vee, of course. And then on top of that, I wanted to uh, to open up a conversation about what you think we should be thinking about in 2023 when it comes to marketing. And I know, you know, uh, COVID is, is come and, and that bump is, you know, changing in different markets. So my question for you as, as a, a marketing expert is what are you seeing the changes? How can we be preparing? Should we be moving monies from one area to another? What, what should we be doing in our marketing initiative for 2023? Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot to unpack in that question. I think where I'll start is just the, the yeah. mindset of, of business owners and it's, it's funny because every year we go through this at the end of the year where it's the off season, the volume is down. There's not a whole lot of work out there in some places, you know, in other places are just endless amounts of snow and people are drowning in snow. Right. But there's also a lot of people out there who hit like a dead season. Um, but they also act surprised every year, even though they've been through it for 10 years. Right. And so it, that's definitely a thing still. Uh, I think that the economy has had a slight effect on that to make it even worse to an extent. Uh, I think people are a little tighter right now with their their money. Uh, there's not a whole lot of like COVID checks and, and free money coming anymore. So there's it's tighter. And I think people are losing track of what marketing really is. And marketing is a a longevity, sustainable positioning where their attention is, right? So wherever there's attention, we'll use Google, for example. Like you want to be positioned on Google that way when there is volume and there is that demand, you're there to to win the bid, right? To, to be in position to win and be seen. Yep. And right now that demand isn't at the highest. It's not going to be. The time of year, the economy, whatever you want to say it is, it's just not. And so I see a lot of business owners going into a really short-term mindset of like, well, I think I just need to stop marketing because it's not putting any money in my pocket right now, right? And with marketing, the objective never really is putting money in your pocket right now. It's yeah. 
the continuous um, reaping of your crops, right? Like a farm, you're gonna plant crops, you're gonna nurture them, you're gonna you know feed them and water them and all this good stuff. Eventually, reap them, and that's like a long term thing that you rinse and repeat and do over and over. So like these months of of November and December and January, which are really hard on people, and they're not seeing a direct uh, ROI. They're like, well, marketing just must not work, right? So I think more patience needs to be deployed by lawn landscaping business owners. And I think that they need to understand the real objective is to position themselves for success when the season hits. And there's lots that do understand that, but unfortunately there's a lot that don't as well. And so they'll just cut marketing completely and then when prime time does come around, they're sitting there empty handed still and it's not good, right? So just shifting the mindset a little bit of month to month ROI and look at it more from a yearly perspective, it's gonna allow you to have a better idea of like, what do I need to do with my marketing? And that all goes back to knowing your numbers, what you can allocate, right? All that granular stuff, you should have a a bookkeeper or an accountant or someone to help you walk through that. Um, but you know, really like as far as where to market or what people should be doing, our strategy really doesn't change much for that. It's the same game plan. It just yeah. gets tweaked every once in a while due to like algorithm updates or, uh, for example, Google is the dominant force in the industry. That's not going to change for a while. Like when someone needs a landscaper or outdoor builder, they're going to Google it. They're going to search for it. They have intent to buy. So dominate Google. That's, that's how you're going to market. And that doesn't really change much. Although the tactics to do that do change. I mean, last year, Google had like four, five, maybe more prominent algorithm updates that change SEO quite a bit mm. and how you write content and review filters and all these different things. So it's up to us as an agency to navigate these and continue to get success, but like in, in the mindset of a business owner of what you need to do to win, Google, social media, yep. digital, retargeting. That's, that's going to be it for a while, right? Um, and then you, you, know, you have stuff like TikTok and um, YouTube and videos and content, and that's all great and it works phenomenally, but most business owners just are not willing to put themselves out there like that and make content. Yeah. No, I, we actually having that conversation again in the inner circle just a little while ago. And, you know, we were, we were talking about this, this concept, um, you know, of, of making your own content and getting it out there. Um, it's the whole concept of, you know, if you're at a, at a trade event and you've, you're, you're seeing guys that have tables that are kind of sitting there by themselves, not saying a whole lot versus the guy or girl in front of the room that's giving the keynote, which one do you find is more the expert, right? It's typically the person that has the guts to get in front of the room and tell them the story, right? And talk. They're the ones that are automatically leveled up. And that translates directly into content. If you're willing to get in front of a camera and get out there and and say what's on your mind with your business and walk through projects, you know, even though it seems like everybody's doing it, it doesn't matter. Your clients see you doing stuff and they're like, oh my goodness, I actually got a chance to kind of get to know these people ahead of time before I ever call them. 
um, so that they don't have to take that chance and be hiring people completely blind. We actually had a couple of years ago, we started doing this and I used to be scared. Aiden, I was like so scared to get in front of a camera, dude. I, like it, it was my, one of my biggest fears was to get on stage or get in front of a camera. I hated the idea. I was so, so against it, man. I remember when I first, and people were telling me, no, you got to start shooting some Facebook lives. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that means I can't edit it. That means that I'm going to have to go in front of this camera. And if I mess up, the whole world will realize that I'm an idiot. Like this is, I can't do this. No way. And I would fight that left and right in my mind. My saboteurs were all over me. And they're like, no, don't do it. You're going to mess it up. You're going to mess it up. And in my head, I'm like, at one point I said, shut up and then did it. I remember the feeling, the anxiety I'd feel in my stomach before I hit the, the live button and go. Anyway, I don't have that anymore. Thank goodness. But I had to work that out, like, you know, working a muscle in a gym. My point is that the more you're able to, you, you want to, and you do stand up and suck at first, but get better at it and just tell people the story and show them what you're doing, the more that people start connecting with you. And it takes time to your point. You know, I believe that we are all marketing companies first that do whatever. So for instance, you know, if you're a landscaper out there, you're a marketing company that landscapes. If you're a hardscaper, you're a marketing company that hardscapes. If you're a pool builder, you're a pool builder or you're a, a marketing company who builds pools. That is the focus, right? Your ultimate goal is to constantly be telling the story 365 days of the year, not just when it's you need work, because to your point earlier, you plant seeds and the tree grows. You don't just plant a seed and in one day the tree grew. Now you can harvest it that fast because I need work. So we're going to start planting seeds and paying marketing now and expect it to just turn an ROI in a day. Because we know so much of this marketing world is is seasonally dependent, especially in our world. So around the holidays, most people aren't thinking about outdoor living or landscaping or any of that stuff. They shut it off in their heads. And then after all of a sudden, like, oh my goodness, spring is coming. So you got your early adopters that jump in quick and say, oh, I want to be first in line. So they'll get ahead of it. Then you have people that pop in at the last minute in April and say, oh, I want in right away. And you're like, what are you talking about? Everybody else already got the early spots, right? So, but the constant marketing where it never, ever ends is the focus. And it's not so that Aiden sells more, you know, marketing packages. That's not the goal. This is how marketing works. It never ends. Now there's certain parts of the season where it doesn't make sense to invest tons more into it, but you got to constantly keep moving content through. People like to get content all the time. Now with me saying all that, Aiden, what do you think about that strategy? Yeah, especially towards your last point, like there's certainly things you want to pull back on um, during off season and slow right. time, like ads fan, for example, you don't really want to dump thousands of dollars into to ads when the volume isn't there. It just doesn't make sense. But then there's things that you always want to be doing, like content, never stop content, never stop SEO, in my opinion, never stop looking for reviews from your customers, right? And and those are just things that, again, they're not like a put a dollar in, get $5 back mentality. It's plant these seeds, hope they grow and reap them later. Right. And some of those seeds are not going to grow. They're going to be ate by pests or whatever, right? Birds or they're just not going to work. So you have to be, you have to be ready for that too. And it's just a, more of a thing of like something is better than nothing in my mind. Like you need to be working on um, some type of marketing for the long term. Because if you're just focusing on short term, then you, you never, get to higher levels, right? 100% dude. And you're absolutely right with that. With, with If you're not focusing on marketing and you just think you're going to turn the, the belt on whenever you need the work, oftentimes it takes months. You know, the last thing I heard, and you can correct me if this has changed, but there's you need to have at least 16 touches for a client to finally say yes on average. 
It didn't used to be that way. It used to be a lot less than that. But now with social media and people getting bombarded with thousands of ads a day on social media, now it takes constant um, images for them to see of your work and of you in order to start associating you with what they want. So that takes a lot more work now than it used to because of the accessibility of all these ads. So it's, it's a constant moving piece. But it's your point earlier, you don't want to be dumping a ton of ad spend at Christmas time when you're competing with the big box stores trying to pump out their last minute stuff when no one's buying your thing at that point, right? They're all focused on holidays between Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. So you just become part of the, the clatter of sound. So to spend high dollars on those uh, you know, premiums ad spaces when you're competing with all the other manufacturers and, and providers, that, that starts to be crazy. But if you then wait till after and then the prices go down per click or per whatever, the next thing you know, you can start getting a lot more value for your investment. Have you found that to be true as well? Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. that's certainly the truth. And I also wanted to touch on your prior point of like we're marketing agencies first and then we're, we're service providers or, uh, you know, contractors. And it's a, it's a Gary Vee concept. He says that we all are media agencies and then we offer this at the same time, right? And so telling your story and being in the front of your audience at all times is the number one objective, right? And that way you can build that brand awareness and those uh, dozens and dozens of, of touch points where people are seeing you. But what's really important there is like, you have to bring value with those touch points, right? Because of the, because of the desensitizing of social media and like, you know, you just see hundreds of hundreds of ads of the same things. And this is really bad for marketing, right? Because marketing guys, they don't need any uh, rep, reputation, or or um, uh, any type of like, how do you say this? Proof that they're good. They just run ads and say, oh, if you want to make a million dollars in five days, like book my session that's discounted by $900, right? I'm a marketing guru. And they just run these ads and you see them all the time, all day long. It's funny because I had a, a couple of years ago when we started doing this and I finally got over my fear of getting in front of a camera. We started this little piece with, with Master Plan. It's called Behind the Design, where I would go out and Becky uh, would come with me with my iPhone and a little $60 lapel mic that I got on Amazon. And I could be at a distance and talking about why we did certain things in a backyard, you know, and, mm -hmm. and we'd show from outdoor kitchens and we just explain it and talk about it. And we'd go out for one day, clean the place up and just shoot a bunch of content in it. And most clients were cool with it. So we do that. And we figured we could educate clients on what could be done. Right. So there's one video that we did and it was, I'm saying this because it was completely unexpected where one video about garbage can storage space. So basically three sides of a fence out, you know, next to the house where I can open a gate and put garbage cans into it and it blocks the, the uh, AC equipment and a gas meter. So it cleans all that area up, plus leads the space for the garbage cans close to the driveway. And we did a quick video there. And uh, a couple of years later, I think it was like two years later, and Becky goes in and she goes, you realize we have like 15,000 views of that video? I was like, it's a video about a garbage can storage area. Why? Right. Like, like you could never figure that that was going to be one of them that are going to go crazy. Right. And you're like, holy moly, <laughs> we start getting calls from that garbage can fence storage area selling six figure projects from that video. Like why? And so what we do is we're like, we don't try to 
figure out exactly what's working, what's not working. What we do is do a bunch of stuff and then we test the measure. We'll say, hey, that hit really well. Let's figure out why. Is there a thread between the ones that hit really well and we got a lot of views and, and others? And let's figure out if we can figure out a plan here because if we know why it happened, then we can do more of those things like Puerto principle, the 80-20 rule, right? 80% of what you do results in 20% of your, of your results. So if you can get the 20% and figure out what that 20% is, then you can get rid of the 80%, in my opinion, and go right into the 20% and make that better and better and better so that you can get the results that you're looking for as opposed to just doing it blindly. Um, but anyway, I say that because you, as a content provider, you just don't know what's going to land. You know, I don't care how good you are. You just don't know. And the impact that comes from that. So my point is to get out as much content as you possibly can and just let the internet do its thing. Yeah, it creates endless ripples, right? Forever. Yep. And one one of the things I really love about creating content and doing a podcast like this is it mm -hmm. challenges me to determine for myself, do I really know what I'm talking about? Right? Like, am I actually as good as I think I am with SEO or Google ads or websites? Because I'm coming onto this podcast where you can ask me yeah. any question about these these things in depth. And if I'm not armed with the right answer, I would just be foolish, right? Like to come on here and talk about something I don't know. And so that allows me to yeah. um, identify like, okay, could I go on Josh's podcast today and talk about uh, TikTok ads, right? Probably not. So I want to steer clear of that. And if he brings it out, I'm just going to flat out say, hey, I don't really know much about TikTok ads, right? And so if you're creating content for your outdoor building, this is going to test your knowledge of, yeah. if, uh, of how much you actually know in your your spectrum. But I think my favorite thing is it, it just teaches you how to communicate well. And communications is everything in, in business. And, and you see it because there's so many bad service providers yeah. that do well it's because they're out communicating everyone else by a long Absolutely. shot, right? Now, if you know how to communicate and provide a good service, that's when you're going to become one of the best ever, right? Because you're doing both. And both of those are very difficult to do. Um, but creating content is just practice, man. You get better. You get better at communicating and, and saying things in a way that the other party is going to digest and understand, right? And not just intake it a bunch of hoopla. Yep. Like you're, you're learning how to talk to people. 100%, dude. It's funny, I tell the story. The reason why I even started the podcast, the Outer Spaces podcast, is because I struggled with communication. With, you know, having long conversation with people, I would get bored or I would just um, peel off or not be able to keep focused for very long. So I said, if I start a podcast, it's going to force me to be good at this, to talk for 45 minutes to an hour uh, to people that I don't even know and bring them on the podcast like this. So I'm going to have to really get better at this. So it's uh, it's pretty crazy how that works. And now if over almost 100 episodes, it's pretty crazy. All right, so um, Aiden, what's one last thought for people marketing in 2023? What should they be watching for as we wrap up? What should they be watching for? I would say that they should be watching the experience that they are planning to give their customers. That way, when you do marketing, you know what you're actually uh -huh. marketing for. Right? Like that's... And that's not just for 2023, yep. that's a universal thing at all times, but we talked about that a lot. So I think it's important to, to rein that in and make hammer it in and just make sure the importance of it is understood, right? Um, I would say utilize yeah. your peers, 
right? Look for peers in your industry, coaches, mentors, look for others to mentor. Because again, that challenges you to, to really know what you're talking about so that you can help someone else better themselves. Um, or work towards a mindset of abundance instead mm -hmm. of scarcity. Uh, actually know your numbers, allocate budgets to things. You know, all the above. <laughs> no, absolutely, dude. It's so important. That customer experience and everything you mentioned is is absolutely paramount in getting the results that you're looking for. And Aiden, again, I can talk to you all day long about this kind of stuff, but I appreciate you coming back on. If somebody's looking to reach out to you and, and have you help them with their marketing since you specialize in our industry, um, how's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, you can. First of all, I have an open door policy, so you can reach out to me um, at any time. Uh, Aiden stores on Facebook or really anywhere. Just Google me. Um, our website is greenmarketingfl.com. And uh, I, I handle all onboarding, uh, pre-qualification sales calls myself. So I'll reach out, I'll walk you through everything we have to offer, what we can do for you, what we do for other landscapers. Um, it'll make it really easy and set great expectations. And uh, yeah, pretty much pretty easy awesome. to do, honestly. Well, thank you, Aiden. Thank you for coming on the show and uh, sharing your story with Gary V and uh, what we should be looking at here for marketing in 2023. And uh, so listeners, hope you got some stuff from our episode today. Uh, lots of little nuggets in there, things to be watching for. And uh, thank you again, Aiden, for coming on. And we'll talk to you next week. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. See you later.